Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by listennotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed that you're joining us. You know, there is a forgotten group of heroes that basically fly under the radar while suffering silently with things they've seen, things they've experienced, things that were expected of them, things were done by them, but then unable to talk about it with anyone, not even their family. I'm talking about military veterans, mainly combat vets, special operation vets, etc. Many of the things they participated in were and still are classified. They cannot just go around telling anyone things they've witnessed or participated in. This adds to their problems with reintegrating into society. And even after all these years, there are many, many veterans out there still suffering, even from back in the Vietnam era. Our guest today participated in some of these operations with Special Operations Forces, and he's witnessed firsthand some of the problems faced by our veteran heroes today. Jeffrey Wilson has worked as an actor, a firefighter, a paramedic, a jet pilot, a diving instructor, as well as a vascular and trauma surgeon. He served in the U.S. Navy for 14 years and made multiple deployments as a combat surgeon with an East Coast-based SEAL team. The author of three award-winning supernatural thrillers, The Traitor's Ring, The Donors, Fade to Black, and the acclaimed faith-based thriller, War Torn. He's partnered with another Navy veteran, Brian Andrews, who served on a fast attack submarine as the author of three critically acclaimed high-tech thrillers himself, Reset, The Infiltration Game, and The Calypso. They have now partnered together to write a best-selling book series titled Tier One. This book series is so successful, it's being developed for film and television as well. Praise God. Andrews and Wilson have multiple projects under development for film and television with major motion picture studios and producers, including Skydance, Picture Start, Walden Media, Imagine Television, Sony, Fifth Season, and Daver Content, Hutch Parker Entertainment, Cross Pictures, and more. Praise God. And I said all of that just to bring us to the topic of our discussion today, which is a faith-based series written along the same lines titled The Shepherds. This is a Christian thriller series that will make us think about what we truly believe concerning spiritual warfare and the Christian response to a crisis. This is a fictional book, but the battles depicted are not fictional. Amen. Help me welcome to the program, Jeffrey Wilson. Jeffrey, this is such a blessing to have you on the program with us today. I do appreciate your time. Oh, I'm, ju- I'm so pl- pleased to be here. I thank you for, for having me. Always love to talk about the faith-based stuff. You know, that was a uh, when we started having success, that was my prayer every day. You've probably been there, right? Where you're like, okay, thank you for this blessing. What am I doing for the kingdom? And he, I kept getting that, well, just wait, just wait. And when we got <laughs> to the point where we were big enough, I guess, he, it literally was a God moment that this series uh, became available to us. So Amen. we're just so blessed to be able to talk to folks like you and get the message out. Amen. Well, the first question I always start with is this. Other than that brief information I just shared, can you tell us in your own words, who is Jeffrey Wilson? 
Oh, wow. That's it. My mom would say I'm someone who can't keep a job after listening to my bio. But Brian keeps telling me, dude, you got to you got to change the bio. Like it's you got to take some of that out. I'm like, man, but it's all true. He's like, yeah, but it sounds stupid. You got to stop. Um, <laughs> sounds like you you're know, busy is what it sounds like to me. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's and I think you can appreciate this while you go through different seasons of your life to answer the question who you are. You know, at the time when I was serving, I was serving, um, you know, at a at a pretty high tier one unit. Um, and that was a big part of my identity, which became part of my struggle, right? Um, if you were to ask me today, who are you? The first thing that comes to mind is my kids and my wife and my family, my writing partner who, you know, I get to, God has blessed me that I get to wake up every morning and write stories for a living with my best friend. Like, um, but I, my identity is very much tied up in my church community and my family now, as much as anything, probably more than most of the other aspects uh, of my life. And I'm blessed that, uh, you know, hopefully my wife and I had something to do with it, but mostly God has opened that path to our kids. My, my um, oldest daughter is a praise and worship leader at only 15 oh, and a huge oh, church. Wow. Uh, her brother plays lead electric guitar in the same band. Uh, Ashley, their seven-year-old sisters on the dance team. Uh, Emma's been in a, cus- a couple of Christian feature films and TV show. Amen. Like we're just so blessed. They're on fire for God. Um, and isn't that what you really want? Right. Yeah, so that's who yeah. I am now. I'm like the, the biggest fan of my kids who are carrying the message forward. There you go. Amen. Amen. Well, first I want to thank you for your service to this nation. And as we talked before the recording as a former cavalry officer, I just have to recognize the service of our veterans every chance I get. And I appreciate all the sacrifices you and others have made that go unnoticed and unspoken in behalf of this nation as we mentioned prior to uh, the recording, my stepson was a Naval SEAL, Navy SEAL for 20 plus years and unfortunately died in 2011 while serving as a private contractor uh, after he retired. But I said all that because I get it concerning your passion for helping our veterans. And I do appreciate all the work you're doing for the veterans community. Now, let's start off at the beginning. How did you and your partner, Brian Andrews, meet and decide to work together writing these books and trying to turn them into movies and television films and all that? How'd that all, how'd all that yeah, come it's, together? It's, that's actually kind of a, a fun story. And in retrospect, it was a God moment. Um, but at the time, it didn't feel that way. Um, I was writing, as you mentioned earlier, and so was Brian. And we were both pretty early in our career. I had a couple books out. He had uh, a book out and had another one in development. And there's an organization, uh, any writers out there, especially in our genre, there's an organization called International Thriller Writers. And they have a conference every summer called Thriller Fest, where all the writers that you know and love are there. Lee Child is there and John Land is there and Mark Graney is there. And um, they all come together. They talk about craft. They share tips and they network with uh, each other. So I was at my very first Thriller Fest and um, I'm not a very social guy. Uh, in, in those kinds of situations, you know what I mean? Like, so I'm sitting, my wife still makes fun of me. I was sitting in our hotel room. I'm going through the, the program and I'm looking for other military people. I'm like, okay, I can talk to, I can talk to these people. Right. And I'm yeah, like yeah, trying yeah, to memorize yeah. their faces and I'm like going through. So, uh, we go down to the opening, uh, reception. Uh, there's just a social, you know, cocktail party kind of thing. And I see Brian Andrews sitting there. I'm like, I think that's the Navy guy that I memorized his picture. So we walked over and said hi. And it was one of those into in you know immediate things. His kids are the same age. He's very about his family. He's very about uh, his wife and his and his community and his faith. So we just became best friends. Um, and we were friends for a couple of years before we decided to write together. In fact, it was Brian that said, "Hey." 
you know, you've been with the SEALs. I've got the submarine community. We should write together. And I said, absolutely not. Like, I just couldn't imagine. You're a writer, so you get this. I was like, I mean, what does that look like? Like, you write the nouns and I write the verbs? What do you mean write together? How does that even work? And But I told him, you know, I'll, I'll help you brainstorm the story if it, if it helps you to have some special warfare perspective. So we did that. And in retrospect, he's a psychology major. He became a nuclear engineer, but uh, he was a psychology major at Vandy. And I think he manipulated me because he, so we <laughs> brainstormed this thing out. And then he asked me again. I said, no, again, I said, I'll just help you. And then the third time he said, look, why don't we just try it? Like, let's write five chapters. And if it's working great. And if it's not, you keep the story. It'll be your book because I can't write this seal stuff without you. So I'm like, man, I just got a great book. Right. So we started, sat down, wrote five chapters. And honestly, I don't think we even talked about, I don't think we ever circled back and said, what do you think? We just kept writing uh, and wrote the whole book in like four and a half months, which was very fast at the time for either of us. Uh, and we never brought it up again. And that book, that series now has, we're working on the eighth book. The spinoff series has got three. I think we've got 20 something books Amen. together. So how yeah. many years have been doing this now? Um, we started writing together in 2015, I think. Wow. Um, okay. And then that book got picked up very quickly. I think it came out the following year. Um, and yeah, now that's, we don't have time to write independently right. anymore because we got a lot going on. But. Amen. Well, the first book in the Shepherd series is Dark Intercept. It's based on Ephesians 6 about putting on the whole armor of God. Share a little bit about this book with us. Yeah. I mean, first, the cool story about how the book came to be. I, okay. I, I mentioned earlier, I was in prayer about like, we had a lot of success financially and uh, I was doing what I loved. I was able to do it full time and care for my family. And you, you ever get that, that little Christian guilt? Like, you're like, this is awesome. Like these blessings are great, but like, how is it, how is it building the kingdom? What am I Amen. doing for you, God? And he told me to be patient. And um, when we had a, enough success, literally this fell out of the sky. So a friend of mine, Josh Hood, another very talented writer and military veteran, um, he calls me up and he says, Hey, you know, I was on this airplane. He's a redneck from Memphis. I'm a redneck from Virginia. So we got this, this bond. He said, I'm on an airplane. I talked to this lady and she was, uh, we were talking about Jesus and you know, I'm talking about my faith. And then she found out I was a writer. She said, Oh, I'm an editor at Tyndale. Do you have anything? We're trying to grow some adventure series and bring in more male readers and, you know, you remember back then when you talk about Christian fiction, it was a woman in a bonnet on the back of a wagon, right? Amen. And, uh, <laughs> I told her, oh, no, I just write about people, you know, killing terrorists and stuff. But I got this buddy, Jeff, and he's got an idea because we had shared this idea for the shepherds. We've been talking about it. And um, he said, they'll probably give you a call. I was like, OK. So I got off the phone. I was like, they're not going to give me a call. Like, that's the weirdest story I ever heard. The next day, our agent calls and says, Hey, the uh, head of fiction for Tyndale wants to get on a call with you. Do you know what that's about? I'm like, I think I might know what that's about. <laughs> and so Tyndale House was willing to push the envelope and said, because we told him up front, look, we write realistic. It's graphic. It's violent. It's the world. It's the real world. You can't accept the, the grace of Christ without seeing the consequence of not, right? And that's how we write. And they're like, that's what we want. So um, that's how the Shepherd series came to be. The book is based very much all through all the whole series. There's three out, there's a fourth one coming, but the whole series is based on our personal experiences in the military. Like you see things in service and combat service that make you believe, yes, there is true evil. Like, you know, growing up in church, you're like, Oh, the devil, 
that's sort of this abstract thing. Yeah. And Romans eight twenty eight, when you're like 17 means everything is awesome, right? It's like the Lego song. Um, you don't really get what that verse means until you have your first adversity. And that's where I was. And so um, when I went and saw the true, horrible, evil things that man can do to man because of the evil uh, of our fallen world, it rocked me. It rocked my faith. It really did. I had a crisis in faith as a result. Never stopped believing in God, but um, for sure was like, I'm not sure he's that guy with the perm pet and the lamb. Like, you know, I'm seeing a lot of horrible things here. And I think that's a common thing. So we tried to incorporate that element into the into the work, but also the spiritual warfare element, the idea that good and evil are battling in our world um, and that you got to make a choice and people make bad choices and good people suffer the consequences. So yeah. um, that's really a, an important theme of this series of books. Amen. Amen. You know, as you're telling that story, I reminded at my stepson's funeral, uh, you know, I met a lot of people that he had served with and they were telling some stories and, and, you know, the, the old adage, there's no atheist in a foxhole. Right. And, uh, you know, the, even though without going into the graphics and the details, we know the seals were, hands-on we'll just put it like that with uh you know dispatching people to their eternity (laughs) (laughs) and uh he this this one person was talking about one time he and scott were pinned down they had been cut off from their unit and you know they're pinned down they can't even move to look around the rock without taking fire and this guy was like well i guess this is it you know uh, you know we're running low on ammo. What are we going to do? And he says, Scott looked over at him. He said, you're a believer, right? He goes, yeah. So let's put on the armor of God and charge. (laughs) And they got up and took off running and, you know, nothing even touched them. You know, that's awesome. You know, he's like, you know, he, he was a believer. He believed that, you know, he was there for a purpose and that God was going to protect them and he wasn't done yet. Yeah. And yeah, a, that's a that's a great story. The the no atheist in a foxhole thing no. is definitely uh, uh, based on some reality. But the opposite is true too. Um, the people who who go into it at, with a faith and see and do things that seem inconsistent with it. In retrospect, when you look back, and that was the journey I went through uh, that led me to to launching this men's military ministry at Grace Family Church. Uh, you look back on it in retrospect when you get to a good place spiritually and you see that your preconceptions at the moment are not true. But in that moment, this the, the horrible violence and the evil and, you know, why would God let this happen? Right. Losing my whole team. That as an example, um, some of the things that we would see in the desert, children. I don't want to get graphic, but yeah. the horrible things that you see, they give you pause and because they're they seem on their on their face to be inconsistent with a loving God. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, and I learned over time and, and it's very common. I should say, I have so many friends that went through the same crisis. Um, again, like me, they'll tell you, I didn't, if they were truly a believer, they don't say I stopped believing in God. They say, I started to really seriously question what I believed about God. Um, and that was the struggle I went through. And when you're in the heat of it, you tend to put it in a box and put it on the shelf and I'll deal with that later. And that was sort of me. Um, I think that you get to a point where you say, you know, I'm 
giving God blame for things that are not God's blame. He gave us perfection in Eden and we elected to, to leave that. And now we live in a fallen world. And so that why would God let this happen is not the right question. Yeah. The question is, this is what happened. What am I going to do with it? Am I going to lean into Christ and accept all the bounty and grace and, and uh, protection and joy, even when things don't work out the way I want? Or am I going to live in the world and all the horrors there? And that's the choice you make. Um, and that was a very difficult journey for me to get to that well, point. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's one of the reasons that we wanted to write this series and show our main character, Jed, the book opens with him in that in that moment, he's been, he's medically retiring because of an injury. He's broken physically. He's broken spiritually. He's haunted by a past from his teenage years of seeing true evil. No spoilers. It, it maps out over the couple of books. And he's just like, he's a broken man. He's, he's the anti-hero. He's not a Mitch Rapp. He's not um, a John Dempsey, like in our other series. He, instead of meeting him at the, at the height of his game, you meet him at his lowest point. And you walk, get to walk on that journey with him of both discovery and re-engagement of his faith while simultaneously having his eyes open to the horrors of the spiritual warfare raging around him. So it was highly intentional that we structured the character that way to reflect a struggle that we see in so many veterans that we Amen. deal with in our ministry. Amen. Amen. Let me ask you this. You know, I know when I was in the cab, even though it was peacetime, we always had our go bags ready. <laughs> it had, you know, what we needed to survive the first several days on an emergency deployment type thing. For our unit, it was Panama. Uh, I had friends who deployed to Grenada as well. Uh, I know since you worked with the SEALs, you probably had your own go bag, right? And yeah. As a surgeon, it probably had things inside that had nothing to do with what the other SEALs had in their bags. But that's because we all have special areas and skill sets that we operated in. That being said, there were certain items that were the same, but as Christians, we're called upon to be ready to give an answer to anyone who asks us a reason to give, you know, why, why we have the hope that we have, you know, from first Peter three, why should a Christian, or what I should say, what should a Christian have ready in their go bag for times like that? When we may be called upon to go with no notice. Yeah, that's a that's an awesome question. I've never been asked that, especially phrased that way. I love the context of it. Um, it for me, it's maybe even less about what than how, because I think what should go in your go bag is a little bit spirit driven. And I think that it might be a little yours might be your Christian go bag might be different than mine versus Mario's or Brian's or, or whoever. But I think that the 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 real question is, how do we make sure that bag is full? How do we keep that go bag full? Um, and I think that that's something that we as a church, and, and I mean, a, a community of believers, the, the real church, right? Don't always do so well. Um, because we're good at church, we're good at worship. Um, we're good at hearing a message, and we're good at talking to our family and praying at night. But then what, what about those other six and a half days of the week, right? <laughs> and so I think that for me, what I learned uh, is that if I want my go bag, my faith go bag to be full so that I'm ready to deploy it where Christ wants me, I'm ready to talk to that random person that intersects your life uh, and, and have my, my heart and mind open to how I'm supposed to encounter them. I have to be in community. I have to be. Not on Sunday morning. Uh, or Saturday night in our case, because Mike Moore 
stole my children to his campus. And so now I have to do Saturday night service, but um, I have to be in community. I have to be in group. I have to be with my fellow believers. I have to be in that Acts 2 church, right? Where it mentions in Acts 2 that they went to temple together. And then there's like four paragraphs of all the other stuff they did. Sharing meals, caring for the widows and the orphans, uh, studying the the Bible and, or not the Bible at that time, but sharing the, the teachings of Christ. They lived their life, their daily walk together. And so the way I keep my go bag full is surrounding myself with uh, other men and other couples of faith. Um, we do a Sunday night group together that's about family. I lead a Bible study on Thursday mornings. I have a leadership group on Tuesday mornings. And then I lead this men's military ministry. And that sounds like I'm giving. You and I talked about this before we started the show. I'm not. I'm receiving so much more than I'm giving in all the groups I lead because it's keeping the go bag full, just like the morning devotion, spending time in the word on a daily basis, doing some sort of devotion, having those quiet moments where you listen instead of talking and running your Santa Claus list, right? Those are the moments on a daily and weekly basis that allow me to keep the go bag full so that when God says right now, here's a crisis I need you to be involved in. I feel like that bag is good and ready to go. Well, I know, you know, also special ops, when they receive a mission, they'll go through rigorous practice sessions and preparation for the mission. And what preparations can believers take to always be ready to defend our position of faith? Yeah, I think that's a great question. You know, we, in the teams, what we say is you never rise to the occasion, you fall to your level of training. Um, and it becomes such muscle memory that the entire engagement's over before you really even have an opportunity to worry or think about it. Um, and I think that's right. And to me, that's that's time in the word, not just opening the Bible and kind of like you have to have some sort of structural organization to how you approach your uh, time in the Bible, whether it's, you know, getting the help of a of a devotion or the help of a Bible study. But you need to be reading Old Testament, New Testament, Psalms and Proverbs on a daily basis, yeah. um, because that is your muscle memory, right? Amen. When someone challenges, and, and don't just read it, think about it, argue with yourself. What does that mean to me? What does that mean in this season? Like I, I mentioned Romans eight twenty eight earlier, what it meant to me 30 years ago and what it means to me today, completely different. It's not because the scripture changed, it's because I changed. And God is so magnificent at providing context through our life for scripture in different seasons. And so I think that you've got to do something like that on a daily basis. You've got to be in the word so that you have the answers. And I'm not talking about banging someone over the head with a Bible and, oh, well, it says in Ephesians that that's not that effective. But you better be familiar enough with it that you can say, this is what God shares with us through his word. Having some devotion. I, I'm going to share this with you. I'm not in the habit of endorsing stuff, and I don't know this guy. This is just a... This is just a devotion I've been doing lately um, that has been incredible. It's um, it's written by a pastor and uh, a friend of his who went through a, sea, a dry season like we all do. And he wasn't even sure he could continue to pastor, he says in the preface. Not because he didn't believe, but because he felt a little bit like a hypocrite because he didn't feel intimacy with God. And so I've been walking through this devotion that's all about connecting in an intimate way with God. It's not about memorizing scripture. And I think you need to do both. I think that yeah. you have to have those moments with God 
You have to be well-versed in scripture so that you're armed with the knowledge. Like this is right here. This is the armor of God, right? Amen. This is how we clothe ourselves for battle. And if you don't know your equipment, like, can you imagine being outside the wire and trying to figure out how an M4 works <laughs> once the bullets start flying? Like, oh, where's the safe? Like, you would never. Even, even worse is not to have your mag full. Or not have it <laughs> not have it full at all, right? Like we talked about earlier. So um, I do think that it's something that we as a church don't always do well, um, being constantly in preparation, filling the go bag. I really like that. I'm gonna, you don't mind if I steal that, do you, Bob? I'm going to be, I'm, I'm be using that totally. <laughs> Yeah, amen. Yeah, because that's those are those scriptures that you know something happens, boom. You know, yeah. you you got to be able to respond with it. Not maybe not for the person, but for yourself. Yes. And, yes. And that's that's that. You know, you see something happening outside the wire. You need to take care of your sector right there. Yeah. And I like the outside of it. We're building all kinds of cool metaphors today. But <laughs> I like that outside the wire thing because I sort of think um, our our time here on earth, that's outside the wire. You know, the kingdom is where we're going to end up. That's Amen. our safe place. Yep. But God didn't call us to be here. Pastor Craig, Craig Altman is the uh, is the lead pastor at Grace Family where I attend. Um, and he's he's an amazing human being. And insightful. But one of my favorite things he ever said was, look, if there was nothing that God had for you to do, you wouldn't be here. You would yeah. give your life to Christ. There'd be a puff of smoke, maybe a trumpet, and you'd be gone. Exactly. You're here outside the wire, outside the kingdom, because you're in a battle for the souls of others. Great. You're, you know, your bags on board, pull up the ladder is not how we're supposed to do it. Hey, I want to share the gift that I've been given and save as many people before the end as possible. So I think our whole, our whole walk is outside the wire. Uh, so yeah, prepare here in your safe space and get to work. Amen. In your book, you reference the story of David and Goliath in this situation. And, and David went to see his brothers just to take him some cheese and snacks. He had no idea he was going to make history that day. And what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I think that we, so often we feel, I think most of us identify with baby David more than we do King David, right? We all feel inadequate. We all feel unprepared. I think the lesson of David uh, is that you can you fall into that trap of rationalizing your inadequacies, or you can accept that you're inadequate, but God isn't, and that you're a vessel and the Spirit will guide you. And that's what David did, right? David didn't say, oh, I'm way tougher than that guy. He said, I have God on my side. And even a scrawny kid like me, can succeed. Um, Jacob and Caleb, another great example, right? When everyone else was saying, oh no, dude, there's, there's a lot of those guys. Joshua like, and Caleb. Yeah, but God's Joshua. not over there. Yeah. We got God, right? So um, I think that's how we applied the David story. That part of the David story to our own life is like, it's not about you. Yeah, you are. Guess what? You are inadequate. Your instinct is correct. <laughs> You're completely inadequate. But through Christ and an intimate relationship with him and being open to this Holy Spirit, and, and the urgings of the spirit, we are no longer us. We are us with God, and that's never inadequate. 
Hey folks, Pastor Bob here. We're all out of time for today's portion of this great interview with Jeffrey Wilson, co-author of the great Christian book series, The Shepherd's Collection. Now, in this portion of the interview, Jeffrey was sharing about his background of working with the Navy SEALs while on deployment to various combat zones and how he and his partner Brian Andrews met, connected, and then began a successful writing career. I mean, their award-winning books have even been turned into movies. Praise God. Amen. Today, though, Jeffrey has been outlining the reason they just knew that they knew they had to honor God because of the great success that he's provided them. And and that's the reason behind the Shepherd's Book series. Amen. I urge you, drop down in the show notes right now. Click the links right there to order your copy of the Shepherd Book series right now. This is especially needful for those of you that served and, and want your families to just get a small glimpse of what your life has meant to this nation, to your brothers, your sisters in arms, and the unique calling God has given to each and every one of you, especially as it relates to our spiritual heritage. Amen. And be sure to come back for the very next episode where, as we continue this discussion with Jeffrey Wilson. Till next time, this is Pastor Bob reminding you, be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do.